0: So old school. You might as well just get like a goose and cut your own quills. <laughs> I was
1: thinking about it.
0: <laughs> Were you really?
1: Oh yeah. So it's let's uh, Wednesday? It's not Tuesday. In fact, it's it's not Tuesday anywhere that you might be listening to this unless it's next Tuesday. Right? It's not there's nowhere in the world where it's mm-hmm. yesterday, is it? No,
0: yeah, there is because there, it's always yesterday and tomorrow somewhere, right? No, it, it's always yesterday or tomorrow. And since it's nine a.m., if you go backwards, I think that there's probably still places that are just before the dateline, like Hawaii. It's probably uh, still no. Hawaii is You're only sure? uh, that's Pacific time zone, so they're only they're three hours behind us, right? It, no, Hawaii is way out there. It's uh, three fifty-two a.m., so it's six. Six hours earlier. So it's still, so, but it's still so th- Wednesday. That, that is still Wednesday. Uh, you're right. right. It might, it might. So be, it's not it is, Tuesday yeah. anywhere.
1: Let's yeah. just let's just agree that it's not Tuesday anywhere, unless sure. it's Tuesday the the thirtieth. That you've you've waited a week before you listened. In which case, what are you doing with
0: your time? Come unless on. you live in a dream world like Jeffrey let's, and I. <laughs>
1: that's right. Quit <laughs> waiting. Come on, listen. Uh, so it's Wednesday. It's uh, it's the twenty third of May. It's on taking pictures. It's
0: episode 317. Whew. 317. I feel uh, like we're climbing a, a, a giant skyscraper like those kids who climb the buildings in Russia and stuff. I have no desire to do that. Yeah, that's terrifying. And yeah. Every floor they go up, you just go, yeah. yeah. Let's go and, down. and then you
1: know what? Here, I'm going to hang off the edge. Yeah. Grab a picture of me, won't you?
0: Yeah, no, no, uh-uh. no. I'm going to grab a picture of myself while holding on with one hand. Yeah, no. And then pull myself back up. No, I, don't, I. You know what? I can't go down a flight of stairs only
1: holding on with one hand. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's like, I can't even get out of bed holding on with no, one hand.
1: <laughs> come on. Uh, so Bill's in Brooklyn, Jeffrey's in Silver Spring, yep. and um, here we go. Here we go. Hey, uh, I was playing with this app. Okay. okay, hold on. Let me let me back up. Let me back up. So, when I was, when I was uh, in junior high and just getting, going into high school, uh, I really wanted to play keyboards. I really wanted to get a synth, right? Okay. I really wanted a synth. And I would, I would, I would cajole my mom into taking me down to uh, this music store that was down in Pomona, California, uh, on Holt Boulevard and they they had a whole room full of synths full of keyboards full of, and and we're talking like Juno 106s Prophet 5s Oberheims you know Store, like OBX8 sure. i mean really nice stuff and it was all the the keyboard room had like truss work around the ceiling so it was all like concert lit so when you were in there just like mucking around you know you, you were on it stage felt like just, a rockstar yeah it. totally totally didn't know what the hell i was doing but felt like it right um and I remember, I remember begging my mom for uh, a Prophet 5, okay. which was a, a phenomenal analog synth, uh, still, you know, coveted by, by many a performer. Sure. Um, and there was a guy
0: that worked there. I'll put a link in show notes.
1: Yeah. There was a guy that worked there named, named High. And uh, he was in a band called the Ambassadors of Now.
2: Ooh!
1: And, uh, yeah, right? How late
0: seventies, early
1: eighties, <laughs> and and he actually he's like, hey, you should come check us out. We're going to be playing at this thing, and uh, and and so my mom, bless her heart, really
2: high. Can I come? <laughs> yeah,
1: my mom actually took us to this place so oh, that we could, wow. yeah, so that we could watch high and his band. And he had, he was a guitar player and he had this big rack of effects. And and the only song did. I remember. Was, uh, uh, was, was called, oh wait, I got some really weird noise.
0: Really weird noise?
1: Like static. Oh, now it's gone. Okay. weird. Okay. Anyway, the only song that I remember was called Monocane and it was about (laughs) the invisible man and and how the invisible man (laughs) developed Monocane and how his life just went to shit after after he became the invisible man because everything fell apart and all this. Right. And it just but, you know, my freshman in high school self was was just blown away because there was the keyboard player and he was playing all these keys that I really wanted. And and these things were, you know, I don't remember what a, what a profit five was then. Probably two grand, maybe. Uh, they're were
0: thousand dollars. Were they five thousand? Okay, uh, well forty five ninety five, forty six hundred dollars.
1: Wow. Okay. So yeah. So see, there's you know, our car at that point probably cost that much, right? Sure. Um, and and you're so saying
0: you weren't getting a profit five for Christmas? I,
1: I did not get a profit five. Okay. Um, I may have gotten one of those little you know,
2: ding, ding, ding,
1: ding. I don't know, like a little play school thing. I don't know, um, but a couple things. We we went to see uh, Brandy Carlisle over the weekend, right? And and so uh, the opening band was this band called Darling Side. Which if you don't know Darling Side, go look them up. Don't stop listening to the show, obviously, because you know priorities. But after the show, <laughs> go look up this band called Darling Side. Four guys. Four-part harmony, they're playing cellos and bass and mandolin and fiddle, and, and and there was a little keyboard that one of the guys was playing. And I think, I think, I couldn't see it up close, obviously, but I think it is, based on the sound and and the, and the kind of, you know, size of the thing, I think it was an OP-1, which is made by a company called Teenage Engineering – Um, Samir from young, the giant uses one. They're these little teeny, it's it's a sampler, it's a sequencer, it's a keyboard. It's, it's all kinds of things. Right. Yep. And so, and, and then this, this weekend I'm playing with this app, uh, and it is called, it's called Launchpad. It's the newest version of Launchpad by Novation. And. The things that you can do here, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna randomly like create this little this little beat. And this is the this is the down tempo sound pack, right? So right? Yeah. I mean
0: the fact that you can do stuff like this kind of thing on a phone. Yeah. The fact that you can do that kind Shut of thing on a phone means that it's I, I always feel like you're not actually doing all that much, and the phone's doing, what the software's doing most of it. Well, yeah, work. you've got all these loops that are quantized, yeah, you're and like, you're you know you're you're it assembling knows exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, right, you're, right.
1: you're you're uh, you're Jeff Goldblum in The Fly, right? Yeah, you're, you're not you making any of this up, stuff, right. Yeah, you're yeah, just yeah. assembling it in the right way, and and it but it just you know if you had shown. All this to say, very long, winding story, all this to say, if you had shown my, my eighth or ninth grade self this, like pulled this out of your pocket, our heads would have exploded.
0: Well, that's this is what all the kids are doing nowadays and making millions of dollars out as YouTube stars.
1: Right, right. This is like, <laughs> yeah, like Zed, he's got this $16 million house in the Hollywood Hills because he's <clears throat> making beats for people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Anyway, it has nothing to do with anything other than that's that's one of the areas where technology has just kind of blown me away. And and and, and the fact that there's no hardware, that it's just the hardware is is almost immaterial to these things, uh, these apps, because everything is emulated. Everything is software based. And it just uh, it just kind of blows me away in it, much in the same way that that. Um, the darkroom tools in photo editing apps have have
0: blown me away. Sure, of course they can do anything, right? Yeah. Um, the uh, I I had a Roland Juno six when I was a kid. That's what. See,
1: was those are that's the thing. I would love one of these little OP ones. I would love one, but <laughs> they're not that they're expensive, like
0: a, are they? They're like a thousand bucks. Oh, are they that much for that little dinky thing? Yeah,
1: I mean, if teenage engineering wanted to send me one to review, <laughs> of course, you know, because I'm all music and whatnot.
0: <laughs> uh, wait, are they really that much? Yeah. That seems yeah. like a lot of money for that.
1: But you, you, look at, you look at some of the quotes on the thing, like, you know, Jean-Michel Jarre, uh, Trent Reznor, you know, like, they're, they're all right, testifying right, right. To, to how amazing this is. <laughs> by the way, uh, Nine Inch Nails tickets go on sale on the 24th, uh, another round of tickets for the Anthem. So we're going to try and get tickets to the Nine Inch Nails and go see them down there. What a beautiful be venue that is, man. Wow. Where's this place? Right on the water, uh, on the wharf in D.C. Down by I mean, the baseball. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's 15 feet. I put up a picture of a sunset and that's standing like 10 feet in front of this, this venue. It's absolutely beautiful.
0: There's a, there's a place out on Long Island called Jones beach, which is very similar, uh, where you're, you're sitting there and behind the stage behind the, uh, sort of, you know, amphitheater of the stage is just the ocean. Yeah. It's just like, are you kidding me with this stuff? Yeah. Um, It's, it was
1: really neat. First time I'd been there. Uh, And we're going to see Death Cab for Cutie there as well. So I'm I'm excited to go back.
0: It's outdoor, this place? No, it's
1: indoor. Oh,
0: uh, shit. Sorry. Ah! Whoa. What was that? You just attacked me. (laughs) Uh, That was was apparently a video trying to launch of Jones Beach. I was going to send you a picture.
1: Wow. Uh, And and it was like, no, you will hear me. (laughs) (laughs) You will hear me roar. That's right. I am Beach. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah
0: uh, so very cool yeah
1: anyway so there you go little the
0: little. um yeah the whole i i wonder what the tools are that people are using now that that are similarly taking kids by storm i've been i've been emailing a little bit with a friend of the show gary yost um yep. hi gary he, uh uh hi gary um because he uh is getting into 3d filmmaking in fact he owns 360 360 filmmaking.com Huh. Um, he's got a Z cam V one. Okay. A pre-production prototype of the Z cam V one. Of course he does. Uh, that he's got his hands on. He's Gary uh, Yost.
1: Come on. Yeah. Well, exactly, if you're going to give course. that one of those things to anybody who you, of course you're going to give one to Gary. Exactly. I'm going to use link. it. He will, he will test the hell out of it.
0: I'm going to put a link in the show notes, top, top link there. So you can see yep. what I'm looking at. Uh, and he made this video with Lindsay Ross, who is a collodion photographer. Yeah. Uh, like giant format photography where she talks through her process and he's out in the woods with her, you know, in her little portable dark room and and all the rest of it. In fact, there's a picture of Gary next to the camera down if you scroll down a little bit. Um, and, you know, I watched it on this computer. Just sc- you can zoom around. You know, what I mean, you can like yeah. scroll. Yeah. <clears throat> but his uh, his um, uh, the subject of the email he sent me was got your Oculus go yet you know, for 200 bucks, you could go look at this thing for real in, in VR. Now I haven't spent that much time in VR. I know people who are, you know, cooing over it constantly. I know other people who go, nah, it made me sick. And I stopped looking at it. Right. I don't know which one to think I don't have, you know, hundreds of dollars to spend on this stuff just to see if it's any good. Um, I guess I could always order one, try it and send it back if I think it's a waste. Um, but like, is this interesting in that way? You know, are you asking me if I think, yeah, it is? I, I no. just, you're, you're not. Okay. Right. Yeah. No, I, don't, I don't, for some people it really is. And I, I don't know how I feel about it. You know, I, I tend to like the idea of AR more
1: than VR. Okay, sure. You know where, and this is this is sort of a hybrid of that in a, in a little bit of a way because there are these panels of her images that have been placed in kind of in three D space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so you um, saw that in the beginning. Yeah. So he's yeah. he's
0: playing with that too a little bit.
1: I I don't know. I mean, it's part of me. I I could see where this could be huge. I could see where navigating, you know, three D spaces could be huge, but. For me, it's still not immersive enough because I'm still standing in my living room and I still have to use some sort of controller to to interact. move forward or or interact with something. Yeah, yeah. Um the the only real sort of immersiveness is you can you can sort of look around with one of these kind of telemetry things, but it's not I don't know. I don't I, I see the potential of it, it's just not interesting to me yet.
0: Right. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I it's but but I wonder in the same way as your profit thing or you know your stuff with synthesizers, is this the kind of stuff kids are looking at and going, oh, I'm going in this direction, and you and I, the old folks, are just like, eh, well, it's kind of interesting. And then there's Gary, who's older than us, who's who's really into it. You know what I mean? Right, like are, right. Are, I guess am I saying are we missing the boat somehow?
1: I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, look how how much money Boat's did Peter Jackson? We gotta go. Right. <laughs> How much money did Peter Jackson sink into 3D with with the Hobbit films, and it never yeah. really went anywhere?
0: Or you know, that, or, w- that was the big promise, a right? Yeah.
1: I mean, it's. I think. I think a lot of people are trying the technology and trying to trying to. Um,
0: or HDR now, right? That's the other big. one. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, they're tr- They're trying to to find the vision within the technology, kind of thing. And yeah. I think some people will find it. I haven't seen anyone who's found it yet, and not to say that it doesn't exist. Uh, you know, I, I will qualify that with saying that I don't spend a whole lot of time looking for it because at the moment it really doesn't interest me.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, and it does feel like the kind of thing that you need to really invest time and energy sort of, OK, I'm going to put all this other stuff down and go in this direction for a while because it just seems like such a huge monumental effort to make happen. You know, yeah, it's just yeah. I mean, just the the uh, the equipment's expensive, figuring it out, trying to figure out how to create things that are are visually interesting while also having 360 degree view mm-hmm. on top of the editing of this stuff. And then the processing power required to export it and, uh, you know, all the rest of it. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I think gaming will get to a point
1: where it feels interesting um, right now. The, the the limited experience that I've had with VR games feel like little more than tech demos and maybe that's just kind of where we're at right is is uh, they're, they're still trying to sort of find their way and it and it feels like we're taking content right now taking games taking you know whatever it is and and kind of shoehorning it into this new technology going see see when it wasn't built from the ground up for that technology. At least that's what it feels like. And I could be way off base. I could be completely wrong. And if I'm missing something and there are things that are that are
0: contrary to this example, please let me know. Podcasting, on yeah. taking pictures. Um, or I guess but, the question, maybe maybe it's just that the technology exists, but that killer app hasn't been found yet. Maybe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I'm sure it's coming because there are some amazing, you know, minds probably in their teens working on trying to figure it out. Because they right. are, they are unshackled by, you know, decades of, well, you need to do it
0: this way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Hey, uh, I'm going to slide one of the links up cause I think it kind of relates to what we're talking about here. Um, did you see Jason Lee's recent post on Instagram?
1: Yeah. I, although I don't, are you reading that correctly? It, I didn't read that, that he was going to post pictures from a phone, from a flip phone. I just no, read no, no, that. No, no, no,
0: I didn't mean that. I meant that he got a flip phone and that he's going to stop like posting stuff from his, like that, that, that he's going to start posting stuff to his website, not from the flip phone, but that yeah, he's going to okay. use his website as his primary sort of outlet. Well, I think, I, I was, think
1: several being, people are doing it. Yeah. You know, you own it. You get to control it. You get to you get to sequence images. Look, I love Instagram. I really do. And I get I get a lot of inspiration from it. I follow people who who are posting work that I am blown away by every single day. But big but uh, the idea that you are looking at single seemingly random images or algorithm-driven images rather than sequences or bodies of work is problematic for me. The more I get into this and the more I I figure out what direction I'm going in personally or creatively, I love seeing the context of people's work. I love seeing, well, what came before it and what's going to come after it, not just this single image. So I think this is a terrific idea for him to do and more people to do. Get back yeah. to your website.
0: I do, however, think that it's interesting. if he If he really does stop sort of posting here right Mm -hmm. there's no way 161,000 people are going to be looking at his website
1: well i don't know that he cares about that and 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 it's you know but he also doesn't need
0: to he also has enough money from other
1: stuff right you know what i'm saying like it's not even a matter of the money it's it's these numbers are inflated these numbers aren't real you know I, i subscribe to a ton of podcasts i don't listen to them all i subscribe to a ton of youtube channels i don't watch them all So, yeah, you can say that you have me as a as a subscriber, but I'm not helping to monetize your content because I'm not watching what you're
0: putting up. Sure. So it's it's these numbers are, are they're they're fallacies. But I wonder how much of an impact it would have on, say, when he comes out with a new set of images or he's doing an opening or he's selling a book.
1: I think enough other people are going to be talking about him and sharing about what he's doing. That that it is going to be just fine. I don't. And think they'll be Jason, doing it on Instagram. Yeah, and I don't else. think Jason needs to worry <clears throat> at all. I just
0: I just think it. Yeah, but but I'm not just saying for him. I'm saying for other people. Like, is are some of these things now business necessities? I don't know.
1: Well, uh, okay. Let me, let me ask you this. Uh, you know, Questlove. Yeah. yeah right. Sure. That's So Questlove has a, a show called Questlove Supreme. And one of the recent episodes, I don't know if it's the most recent episode, but I watched uh, the the thing. And it's a a conversation with Jack White from White Stripes and Mm -hmm. Raconteurs. And, you know, if if you don't know Jack White and you're listening to this, go look up Jack White because he's genius. Third Man Records. He's got a record company, record label, and he's pressing his own vinyl. It's terrific. Anyway, so Jack doesn't have a phone. Right. He communicates via email. Jack he has doesn't to, need a phone. He's got assistance and a whole company Well, behind him, probably. Okay. But irrelevant. The the point is that that in the same way that 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 Jason doesn't maybe feel the need to use this platform to connect and and maybe he sees it as a time suck cuz that's where Jack White's oh, at. With, I
0: absolutely see it as a time suck. I'm just saying is it for for your average person who's not world famous already, is it a necessary evil of getting getting being noticed by anybody? No,
1: I don't think it is. I don't okay. think it is. Because, you know, keep in mind that let's, let's say you have, let's say you have, uh, I don't know, let's use a round number, 5,000 followers. Right. Okay. You post something. 5,000 people aren't going to see it. Right. Of course. Yeah. Maybe 500 yes. people, maybe yeah. 150. Right. So what are we talking about? You can't get 150 people to come to your website? Of course you can. Of course you can. If you're doing something interesting, of course you can. Yeah. Only if somebody else points to it nowadays. Right. Sure. But but, you know, the the, the, the business of photography, the business of creativity is just that it is a business. You're right. not spending 80 percent of your time creating unless you're a very specific yeah. use case. You're spending 20 percent of your time creating and 80 percent of the time telling people that
0: you're creating. Exactly. Yep. And but then you know as we've talked about oh Joe Schmo didn't get the job because Jane Schmo has more followers on Instagram that is at a very high level that that is not that is
1: not you know average you know photographer from. Iowa or Wisconsin or something. This is at this is at big city level. This is at top level. This is where where those numbers really make a difference because you're talking about millions or hundreds of thousands. You're not right. talking about the difference between 5,000 and 10,000 because at at that point who cares?
0: Yeah. I I agree. I just, you know, it's I look at this and I go, "Well, that's great. I wish I could just say screw all of social media too and walk away." But, well, you know what I mean? Yes and no. I mean I don't I don't know how much good it does me, but I also have no way to, you know, have a control group to know how much good or not good it does me. Mm-hmm. You know? Um that is how people I mean, yeah, I get you know, I have no idea how many people go look at my website, but it's probably a couple hundred a day or something, right? Um uh, but but the people I get far more people on social media looking at some picture I put up than I do there, and that yeah, but keeps they're not me clients. in my mind. And well, some they're of listeners are. of the
1: show. They're nah, they're other photographers. Some uh, yeah. I would I would I would I would imagine that it's a it's a very small percentage.
0: You think all of my clients are going to my website?
1: Uh, I think your clients are going to your website, or it's word of mouth, or they're talking to your agent. I don't. I don't think magazines are spending a ton of time refreshing Instagram feeds. I. I, I don't know. I don't it's know. It's funny
0: because I. I. You know. I hear stories about magazines. Oh well, we hired this guy because we saw his work on Instagram. And we really liked yeah. it.
1: Well, you know? but but did did this. I mean, it's, again, I there's had, no way I to had,
0: Well, look, I had lunch with a guy who uh, runs a big furniture company in Italy the other mm-hmm. day because we sold him some images because somebody on his team saw them online.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: I don't know exactly where he saw them, whatever it is, but yeah. that was, you know, money in maybe, my Maybe and I'm way off base. Work. I'm
1: fully <clears throat> willing to admit that I, I am. Yeah. I don't know the inner workings of it because
0: yeah. that's really not my forte. At all. I, in I, fact, I do think I failed miserably. I do think it's interesting though that he's well, it's funny though, because um he put up another picture the next day of uh one of his images talking about a book tour thing that he's doing, but he put it up on Instagram, you know, after he already put up that phone thing. So obviously he's still putting putting stuff on Instagram or somebody in his team is, you know. Mm-hmm. Um I, I think it's ballsy. I think it's a I think it's an interesting idea. Um I just think that it's uh, uh, it's it, it's a little bit of like a well, sure. If you're rich and successful in other things, you can do things like be offline for three days at a time because you have other people answering your email for you, you know. Um, but your average person can't do that, you know, um, because yeah, I I don't know. I mean i
1: i am I am not the person to ask about it. I don't have. You know, a, a rock solid, well thought out, team driven social media strategy. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah I don't yeah, have yeah. that.
1: I don't have yeah. that. I do. I, it's just me. You post just at the right times. And no, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just me and just fielding. And, and she, she is, if anything, she is my social media strategist because she's really good at using social media. She, she does it for me. She does it for, for her job. She's right. really good at it. Um, I'm not. I don't think that way. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's yeah. that's always been my weak point. I'm 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 an idea person in terms of coming up with ideas, but how to get those ideas in front of people or to the right people. Yeah. Not my not my forte at all. I'm working on it. I'm still a work in progress. I, I, I like to think that I'm a, I'm getting better at it, but it's it's slow going to get better at it when both the target and the ground beneath you are moving in different yeah, directions. Exactly.
0: Yeah. You're you're aiming towards what social media was six months ago and maybe it's something different now. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Um, I was listening to an interview with, um, it was on the moment, the guy who wrote raging bull whose name I can't remember now. I could look it up anyway. They're talking to the screenwriter guy and he says, you know, you never know when you're going to, you're not writing something to be a cultural phenomenon. He's just like, you're just writing something. And when you finish it, it happens to be right at the place where culture just slams into it, you know? Right. Um, well, it's 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 the,
1: my my latest kind of iteration is is a similar thing. The, this the word iconic. You don't know that you're going to create something iconic. You sure. can't say I'm going to go out and make some iconic pictures today, or I'm right. going to paint an iconic painting today. You yeah. can't do
0: it. Do people say that really? It's you know it seems or like or do their PR people say it? <laughs> I don't know, but
1: lately I I seem to see that word popping up, and and I will just offer this: if you are using the word iconic to describe your own work, stop. Because that's not how that word gets used. So stop. Don't do it anymore.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Dunning-Kruger effect, right? Is I don't know the what one, that is. Uh, the, uh, I think is that the one where people, you think about something and then you see it more often? Maybe it's a oh, like one. where you see, you, you yeah, think it's about like, oh, I thought red about, Corvettes you know, and now you see them everywhere. Or exactly. Something. That kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. It's it maybe not, it might not be the right uh,
1: yeah. mental thing. Just, there's just one like that. don't do it. Just go, go, go make stuff. Quit, quit yeah. worrying about it. Jesus. Yes.
0: We got to finish up the show. I got to go make some iconic new work. Yeah. Good
1: luck <laughs> with that. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> All right. What else you got? <laughs> um, okay. So listener, listener of the show, John Wilkening. Heard of him. Hey, Johnny. Uh does he go by he, Johnny? No. That'd be good no. if he did. No, I don't think he does. Um anyway, so he's he's on this this road trip and he's going through the southwest, he's going to Utah and Colorado and Arizona, and he's he's kind of all over the place. And I, I, I asked him last night, I said, how what's your what's your mileage when you're all said and done when you come back with this? And he said, I'm not sure, but it will be somewhere near 6K when everything is said and done, probably
0: a little higher. How, how long is he doing driving uh, for 6,000 miles? Three weeks. Okay. Yeah. Three I, weeks. I did like 4,300 in two weeks. So yeah, that's about right. That's yeah. A lot of driving. So
1: a lot of driving and and he is he is experiencing, and and, and this... this makes Pain me so happy. <laughs> yeah, right. It, it makes me very happy because he's experiencing the American Southwest and he's seeing Monument Valley and the Grand Canyon and Had Bryce he never Canyon. been to any of
0: these places? No, no, oh, no not okay. to my
1: knowledge. And and so, so to, to take in all at once. <laughs> it is. And to experience that through through someone else's eyes as as a a place that that is arguably a part of me because I spent so much time there growing up is really incredible. And uh Aperture coincidentally it's funny how these things work out not really funny because they just work out um they posted uh uh, an article called the open road photography and the american road trip and they talk a little bit about how the road trip is can can be such a a catalyst for creating a new body of work And, and one of the examples they use is the americans um uh, there's a book that the aperture has released called The Open Road and uh, the, the Open Road considers the American or the photographic road trip from Robert Frank whose 1955 road trip resulted in The Americans to present day as a genre in and of itself this is the first exhibition and book to explore the story of the American road trip one of the most distinct important and appealing themes of the medium and it just it just got me thinking about how turning around and just driving or taking a train or a bus or a plane and 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 going somewhere for the experience that is that is wholly outside of what you normally experience for for those who are receptive to it can be fuel it can be that catalyst to inspire a new great novel or a new body of photographic work or a new whatever it is sure um And it, 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 because I think it packs in, it packs in things that, that, that are so sort of archetypal to the human experience of, of, of there is the unknown, there's the romance of, 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 you know, what it's like on the open road and just you and the environment and the people that you meet and the things you see. And, and if you are of that ilk to be receptive to it, it can be an incredibly powerful, um, uh, experience. Yeah,
0: I agree the uh you know the whole idea of the open road and and the 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 place beyond the horizon you know that that classic sort of uh tale do you think that it's diffused by things like google maps and satellite imagery and you know what i mean where 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 the, the 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 road from A to B is far more drawn out and less mysterious than it used to be, say, 50 years ago. I, mean, I think it had can be 50 years ago, but there was like a different sense of like, I have no idea what's out there. Now you could say, what's on that corner. Oh, look, it's a McDonald's.
1: Right. <laughs> you know? Well, and, and the other side of it is, is, Hey, ways get me there fastest. Exactly. It's like not there. There. I wish ways would have a, like a, get me there in the most interesting
0: way possible. Yeah. You know, I'm surprised it, it um, just doesn't actually.
1: Right. Like, and you can rate the routes on interestingness, you know, or something. Sure. Sure. Um, so I think there, there's that part of it. Um, Yeah, I think there's some mystery. I'm comforted by GPS technology. I am comforted by the fact that most often my phone knows exactly where I am and and I'm not going to end up, you know, completely off the grid or somewhere. But I also can can understand and and find appealing the romance of that, of just ending up in some small town because you went left instead of right at, you know, I blah, 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 blah. Yeah, 95. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Although, although small towns are less interesting, not less interesting, but they're more, you know, Walmarts than they used to, than they used to me. Um, Yeah, I think in, in parts of the country they are. Sure. There's a. Um, uh, I remember in 2004 when my father and I decided to take this big trip, um, we were going to go along at least from Minnesota out to San Francisco, basically along the route that they took in Zeni Auto Motorcycle Maintenance. And there's mm-hmm. these and in that book, they don't say, "Oh, we took a left in this town and went down route twenty seven They just say, "Oh, we entered this town. there were trees on the left hand side, and the you know the whatever right. But there are these crazy people online who actually figured out the route exactly through you know what I mean like clues and whatnot and uh and so i'll I'll put a link in the show notes just because it's crazy, but there are those people out there, right? the internet is full of people who uh you know, we'll go and do crazy things like this and find the most beautiful way from Yellowstone to Yosemite. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure it's out there, Mm -hmm. um, taking some back road over a mountain and and that kind of thing. Yeah. And I think it's, I think that's a really valuable thing that a lot of people don't do. Then again, a lot of people in America don't ever go out West. A lot of people in San Francisco have never been to Yosemite.
1: Right. Right. Which is
0: just unconscionable to me. It's just like, are you kidding me? It's four hours. Get in your damn car and drive. <laughs> right, get in right. an Uber and drive. Like right. whatever it takes. Get out there right now this weekend today.
1: For for those of you who may be interested in this as a as a genre as a topic, uh, on this aperture link in the show notes, Bill. If you scroll all the way down, yep. There's a there's a link. Open Road Teacher Resource. Yep. And it's a it's a PDF that's got. All these resources for teachers, as as the title suggests. But there are questions to think about. There are uh, commentaries about the music and some of the themes that are that are in from from religion to racial tension to uh, the open spaces. And it's really kind of fascinating for those of you who who may want to dive a little deeper or think about some questions around. Why this genre holds such a mystique? Um, take a look at this at this teacher resource because it's a it's a, a really well done resource as, as just a, a source to get you thinking about it and maybe asking and answering some questions that you may have around the the material.
0: Yeah, sure. This is a uh, yeah. This is really interesting.
1: It's pretty neat, right? Yeah, I mean, it in would addition be, to the book itself, right?
0: This makes me want to start teaching a photography class in high school or something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, there are worse choices. <laughs> Kids, I, your I new say, teacher is Mr. Wadman. I wish Whoa. some of the uh, the photographs in the PDF were a little better quality. They look like they are really low res, like badly compressed JPEGs. But the 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 the, the, the themes are still there. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, what else we got here? I let's see. I haven't been on a good well, have I been on a good road trip a while? No, I haven't. I haven't been in a couple of years, I haven't been on a good road trip. Need to get in a car and drive further.
1: The last road trip I was on was coming here. And that's that's been way too long now. I am I'm planning I'm planning some stuff. I'm in I'm in the, the, the throes of, of trying to figure out what happens um in the, in the time between the seasons of, of PD. Uh, Cause I, I, figure I'm going to do, I'm doing 12 weeks on, six weeks off, 12 weeks on, six weeks off. And in that six week period, I want to do some sort of personal project. Okay. And I don't know what that's going to be yet.
0: You're going to go places and do stuff.
1: I'm going to go places and do stuff and eat food off trucks And uh, hopefully they will be food trucks. (laughs) They're not just going to be random, (laughs) random trucks. (laughs)
0: Uh, What is this? Oh, I don't know what that is. I don't know. I found it on the back of that truck. truck. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) Spicy. (laughs) Uh, Really interesting texture. Yeah. Um. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah. You know, uh, the the flip side of, of that, just getting out of your comfort zone is like, if you live in a rural environment, go to a city, like, you know what I mean? It's not always getting out on on an open road. It's just putting yourself in a situation you haven't been in a while or haven't been before. Right. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of funny. Yeah, uh, lens culture article about uh, more than just making pretty pictures.
1: I love lens culture. I gotta say that I I, I have no affiliation. The show we have no affiliation with lens culture, but they, they do are a good cons- job. They consistently put up such interesting articles and photo essays. If you are not regularly going to lens culture, man, you're living wrong. So just how do
0: they? Uh, how do they pay for this?
1: I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're, I don't know. Interesting. User supported. I don't know. Maybe they've got some sort of endowment. Um, yeah. So they, they do have a magazine. Is it a print magazine or are there subscriptions to that part? I don't know. I don't know how they, they make money. Interesting. Uh, All right. But this, this recent article that kind of caught my eye is called Here Still Now. Yep. And it's photograph, uh, a, pho- a photographic essay and, and accompanying text by a guy called Paul D'Amato and the 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 lead in goes like this poverty runs rampant on chicago's west side and yet its residents are largely ignored by the media as well as those around them a series that looks closely at the individual people that make up this community rather than considering them as a whole and it got me thinking about about how there are there are those portraits that 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 show light and composition and you know sure. pretty light pretty people sure but there's really not a lot beyond that right there sure. there's not a lot of 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 meaning either inferred or imbued or or ascribed to the photographs and then there there are these these other bodies of work and they're not they're not necessarily better I'm not making that statement but there's a there's a different way that we connect to them through the context around them yeah and I feel like that's the direction that I've been moving in a long in, for a long time, connecting to that kind of work and and wanting to explore more, not only the work but the people who who are making
0: the work. And in well, and in this, go ahead. Yeah, well, this is very much in line with your your thing lately of liking larger scale stories of of it's yeah. almost narrative, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, it, th- th- in this particular one, it, because there are there are these communities that that he and others are looking at, it 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 serves as, you know, the curation of this work is is sort of going beyond the, the statistics of the communities that he's documenting, that he's connecting with, you know, sure. very much like Eugene Richards going in and immersing himself in in. Uh, the communities that he photographs this feels like similar work, and it feels like it 's as much of of an ethnographic portrait as it is a photographic portrait um, right and i I find myself really drawn to this um, type of work and this this type of of uh, you know i feel like these people are doing photographic deep dives in in a in a similar way to to how i'm trying to do conversational deep dives mm-hmm. and and i feel like that's that's acting kind of as fuel to to go in maybe different directions than i have been and it's certainly motivating me to keep doing episodes of of pd um, so i don't know i just Wait, i wanted to get your thoughts on do you think
0: that this is, th- this is changing the kinds of people you want to talk to. How I
1: you think talk it's to certainly, them? What is it? I think it's influencing who I want to talk to. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I really do. I think I think that that there, I would not be surprised if if maybe by the next or the following season, much of the conversation has shifted. I don't know where it's shifting to, but (laughs) it's
0: it's shifted to, I don't know where it's shifting to.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know where it's shifting to, but I feel like I'm getting away from just talking about even, even the process of photography and it's becoming more, um, I don't know. I don't know how the, I don't, I don't have the words to describe it right now. But I do feel that there's there's an internal shift in what I'm wanting to pursue. I still I I don't think I will I will get away from from creativity. It's not what I'm saying at all. But I feel like I'm I'm wanting to explore different motivations around creativity other than creating pretty pictures, interesting pictures like like the, the whole idea of this as this sort of photographic ethnography or or commentary on urban communities and the and the challenges around them i find that really interesting and i don't know much about of it uh, much about it as as a white middle-aged man from california
0: because you want to mm. okay so my question because you want to have this information about this community, because you want to use this to change that community somehow, like you want to get involved, or do you necessarily just get off need... on people getting off on trying to figure it out? You I don't
1: necessarily need to get involved, but I think through having the conversations, those people who listen to the conversations will hopefully become interested and connect, and maybe they reach out and they get involved. Right. You know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm doing the same thing. So that's I'm, ultimately I'm, what these kinds of projects are for, right? Is to get the word out as it were. I hope so. I mean, I, I, I'm, I can't be on the ground in all these different places, but I can have conversations. Dun,
0: dun, 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 dun,
1: dun. Right. Su- I can general. have conversations <laughs> with, with people who are out there on the ground and, and maybe in some way that, that helps get a little interest, get a little juice, get a little, you know attention to what some people are trying to do and i think it will i think it will become at least a part of of either process driven or maybe it spins off into something new i don't know but it's it's such a there's so much there's so much out there to cover I, I, and i'm finding that the more i dive in the deeper i want to go
0: mm-hmm. yeah but um <clears throat> That, that, okay, that last statement, and I'm separating this from the work you've done and the work you're going to do. I'm just t- this is a statement on on Jeffrey thinking here. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a place that you get a lot of times, right? Where you just like where you're like kind of sinking into it, and then kind of feel like you're getting lost in it, right? Because there's like I, I don't so feel like I'm getting directions. lost in it at all. Oh, okay, okay.
1: I'm, I've I've got ten of twelve episodes of PD. So uh, that's different than the last three years. That's different than okay. the last two years, certainly. Okay. You know, the second, the next season is already shaping up. I mean, this, this is, this is becoming my focus. This is becoming where I'm inspired, where I'm interested and where I'm starting to see an audience go, yeah, that's really interesting. I sure. keep doing this. I'd like more of this, please.
0: Yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. The yeah. um, Paul DiMato.
1: D'Amato, I hope. It, yeah, it's is. Would it be DiMato or just Damato? I don't know. Damato, Paul. If, D'Amato. If, if, Damato, I don't. Know. Paul, if you're listening, we, we butcher names all the time. So yeah. apologies. Interestingly,
0: in a a a a white man from Boston doing a thing on the south side of Chicago.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, yeah. and that's that's another part of the conversation, right? That, yeah. that it's either going to be um, cast aside as who are you, sure, to make these these things, or maybe because it's you know a, a white photographer from Boston, does it find a different kind of audience? I don't know. You know, I don't know. I, I would, you know, I'd love to talk to him about it, frankly, mm-hmm. um, because this kind of work. Fascinates me. Give him a call. Yeah. Um, wow. They're coming the, to get
0: you. Uh, yeah, they, <laughs> the
1: fire yeah. trucks, man. Fire. But it's trucks. interesting. I mean, I, you know, I. I think there's room for all of this kind of work, and it. And I'm not trying to, and I hope it didn't come off that that I'm making a case that that one is better than another because I don't think it is. I just feel like my interest. Is sure. is going in some other areas in addition to talking to people who are chasing great light and making great composition and and that's where it ends because I think those are equally valid and I think they're yeah. they're, they're they're different skill sets.
0: I think that I think that there there is photography in in pursuit of aesthetic principles, mm-hmm. um, and then I think that there is photography there there is social commentary. That uses uses photography as a tool, sure. You know, and I think that there's some that overlap those two. Yep. But I think those are all they're kind of different things. Um, uh, in some ways, the, the, these images are excellent, and they stand on their own. But he means for them to mean something more than just the images on their own, right? He's trying to he's trying to say something with these images. Agreed. Um, he's trying to make commentary on the state of you know, the, the South side of Chicago, South side, right. Well, and, and, and other communities side, like them. I'm sorry. Yeah. Whether he's talking um,
1: about Watts or Ferguson or, right. or, of course, you yeah. Know. yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that, that again, just to, to, to be perfectly clear, I don't think one is more valid than another. I think that they're just different audiences, different purposes, you know, in, in talking to the, the, the last guy, uh, Ollie Kellett, you know, here's a guy who's taking beautiful, Street photographs, and really we're we're hearing a conversation where he's really trying to work through what do they mean, what do I want them to mean, and are those two things the same or different right you know right. and and if it if it if it works out that they that they don't get there and they don't mean either what he wants or thinks they should mean, is it okay that they are still beautiful pictures
0: sure yeah, 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 yeah. I'm uh, I'm looking at all the Lens Culture Awards thing that are up for the awards, these finalists and stuff. There's some of them are really interesting. some
1: really amazing work, really really amazing work.
0: Yeah, it's uh uh, it, I I'm always fascinated by the the direction that the overall feel of the work is making. You know, like mm-hmm. the, the 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 style of the people and the, and the way that they choose to shoot them. Let, let me ask you something.
1: Time. You're on this page. Let's use this as a, as, as a, as I'm looking kind of at the example.
0: portrait award winners page. Is yeah, Portrait awards 2018.
1: Okay. Okay. Yep. okay. So what work on this page and listeners go ahead and take a look at this. If you wouldn't mind, uh, I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, what work on this page really speaks to you? Like if you had to go, yep. Just based on what's on the page, is there one uh, that, or, or two that stand out for you?
0: Yeah, I like the lower left-hand corner, the nude of the woman on the bed, Anya Uh I like the top one of those jurors picks, Andreas Orleo, where the guy's kicking the other guy. I think that's what's going on there. Um, I love the Ophelia one next to it. That's beautifully done. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the single image winners, both the kremer johnson and the peter zelowski both of them have that weird they have that they have that 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 taylor wessing thing that people like where everyone's just like i'm just going to sit here and stare at the camera and you know that that kind of feel to them which feels very uninviting to me um it feels like there's a, it feels like there's a, a plexiglass barrier between me and the subject a lot of times, but okay. that, I mean, that's, that's, that's like a thing. Um, as far as these group ones, I think I like the top one from the Netherlands the most, um, the Robin Depuy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's kind of interesting because that kid's kind of interesting and I like the black and white thing. Yeah. Um, the Adam Ferguson set of the Boko Haram, I understand what he's doing there. Those images are beautiful, but it feels like really, it feels not contrived, but just sort of like, yes, I see what I get what you're getting. It's like too, a little too nail on the head for me. Okay. Um, I mean, they're beautiful, but you know, they don't, yeah. Um, the Bruce Pollen ones don't do anything for me. Um but yeah, so so there's you know the few that I would pull out. Yeah, um, interesting. But yeah, but it's it's um, yeah, it's very odd. I mean, but again, you know, every everybody has their the things that they like or the things they don't like. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Sure. 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 Um, it's uh it's 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 it, and and why we think that or why we believe that is just so different and and and. Uh, Everyone's got their own opinion, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sorry. I was just staring at this too long. Um, <laughs> hey, the, uh, the the Red River says uh, is going to tell you how much it costs to print. Is that what this thing does? Oh, look at that. Yeah.
1: Oh, I just thought this was Did kind of an interesting this? thing because a lot of our listeners are talking about printing or, or have been printing their own, their own work. And it, it, look, it's a very narrow band. They're talking about printing. They're using the Canon Pro 1000 as... Uh, their example printer and then they're giving basically ink costs for this particular print. It goes from 22 cents for a 4x6 up to 350 for a 16x24. They've and done I just this thought for others, be, I think, in the past. Yeah, yeah, they have. They do this. Uh, and I just thought it might be interesting for those of you who are looking at <laughs> at printing and, and this is purely ink cost. This isn't figuring in the cost of either red river or that, that Hannah yeah. right. You know, yeah. Photo bag well, that the, you lust
0: over. Man. Some, and some of those papers are three, $4 a slice. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you end up spending six bucks on an 11 by 14 or something like that. Um, well, but if you use
1: a bureau, I mean, to, just as a, as a point of reference, I've, sure. I've looked up, uh, uh, a couple different places recently. Uh, I think Elko was one, and Finer Works in Texas. And sure. for a sixteen by twenty,
0: I think it was thirty eight dollars. Oh, interesting! Because sixteen by twenty at Adorama is twelve seventy nine. On what kind of paper? Uh, it's uh, these are prints. These are not uh, inkjet. Did you right, read so, the frame so
1: go, yeah, look up something okay. like like Hanamule, you know, photo rag. Oh,
0: like that kind of stuff? Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. You
1: know, yeah, you're spending, you know, cost is six bucks, but by the time, yeah. you know, but they you, do it.
0: If, if you want printing to be economically worthwhile, you have to print a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, cause the cost of the printer is expensive maintenance of the printer, you know, having to worry about having multiple sets of ink. Cause what if one of them fails while you're in the middle of a print run, you know, I mean all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and if you don't use it, it gets clogged and you use a bunch of ink trying to unclog it. And you know, you and I have been through this a million times. Sure. Um, yeah, I think that the, the, the it's, uh, yeah, fine art paper, 16 by 20, 50 bucks. Yeah. wonder what they actually use. Um, it's it's you have to print all the time you have to print every couple days for it to really be worth it um, sure i've kind and of I know I, a lot
1: of people are trying to to make a go of selling prints and it's a it's sure. a tough it's a tough crack
0: you know yes, it's a tough it market is. to crack yeah real um tough. in fact i think i think that would be interesting that would be interesting people out there who who among you uh, are actually trying to sell prints and how's it going because I'd be I'd be interested to hear how that goes. Um, I've had things where I've sold prints and I've sold a bunch. I've had things where I've sold prints and I've sold two, you know right. Um, and I, I don't see the I don't know what the distinction is, you know what I mean like sometimes I think it's really good work and I sell nothing and I then there's stuff that I don't really care about and that sells more you know it's just like, what really? Um, so yeah,
2: yeah it'd be let to us see. know
0: podcast at on takingpictures.com. If you are selling prints
1: or even zines,
2: all oh, right, the uh, because zine
1: the thing. zines are, are really seemingly on an upswing. Um, oh, how's it going? Let us I, know. I've
0: got a I've got a a a, a a a thing to bring up. Let me just go grab it. Hold on a second.
1: Yeah. All right. All
0: right. Here we go. Uh, my friend Meg Wachter does a zine called "Got a Girl Crush," uh, and it's all writing and photography and stuff by a number of women and she gets it printed You're still there mm-hmm. yeah i'm still here uh by where, where would i go the prolific group <laughs> apparently they're oh. up in canada i think huh uh and she can't say nothing good things about these people uh and i am not vouching for them specifically because i don't know but they are a high quality design and printing service the prolific group and okay. apparently uh they're, yeah, they're in Winnipeg, Canada, and she's just like, they've been amazing, and she's like, and I want to tell everyone about it. I was, okay. he gave me a copy of, of her book, and uh, and I forget exactly, like, this is, how many pages is this thing? 80, 90 pages, and it's maybe six by eight, mm-hmm. and it's soft cover, but it's kind of uh, um, like matte paper. Yeah, but it's pretty high quality matte paper. You know what I mean? Like it's not yeah, super yeah, yeah. junky and uh, they actually have a, a like a foil emboss on the front. Too. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I forget what she said that they paid, you know, let's say it's like, you know, but it's like 10 bucks a piece or whatever it is, which for something like this is not bad, you know? Yeah. Uh, cause yeah. They don't if, print if, if you guys are
1: doing it, are, are you printing yourself? If you're printing using some sort of other bureau, let us know, please. Yeah, who it is. And uh, what are you having done? You know, give us give us some details. Let's let's maybe maybe uh, we can, you know, in the show notes of a future episode, put a resource together of here's here are some for you to check out kind of thing.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. sure. Uh, Yeah. So anyway, check that out. Uh, One last thing before we do a little ad. Did you see this Twitter uh, link in here? Uh, NASA, NASA photographer Bill Ingalls is one of the best. He tries to get his remote cameras as close to the launch pad as possible for great results. This would illustrate the unfortunate res- results of an attempt at an extreme close-up. Not sure if this is covered by warranty. Do you see this Oh, yeah. Picture? And the thing's just <laughs> melted?
1: It's just melted. His camera, this guy's camera is just, is just yeah, melted. It's, it also he says it, like wasn't he got that, slimed. it wasn't that close to the launch pad. Oh, if you I'm look not, at, yeah.
0: Oh, do they actually show the, uh, where it yeah, was? Scroll
1: down it. He describes oh, yeah, in, look at that. in on a, a post on Facebook.
0: It wasn't that close. Sometimes that's all it takes, man. That is, yeah, that isn't that close. Look at that. But crazy. I right? guess it's enough heat going up through that thing. I uh, like the uh, reason for the toasty camera grace. FO look at that. Anyway, I just, what I was actually impressed by was, yeah, the front of the lens or something on the front lines, maybe he, you know what? I think it looks like the hood. Yeah, it looks malted. like a hood. um But that the body itself is kind of underneath there. You know what I mean? Like, look at it. It's like the, the, the body doesn't look that damaged. It looks like, a, it looks like it got slimed, but, mm-hmm. but it's actually not a bad shape. All things considered. Anyway, just thought it was uh kind of crazy and cool oh yeah. also i uh i yesterday I made a point I bought a new fifty five millimeter lens to replace the one that got trashed in the ocean and right. um you're gonna start using lens caps on it ha 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 uh I always use lens caps I just didn't have them on at that moment um but uh i I wrote my uh insurance people my t c Pickens or whatever it is insurance and uh got this one added and a couple other lenses i bought recently uh just a reminder that if you guys do have insurance and you've bought new gear to make sure you let your uh insurance know that you have the new gear yeah and the uh just a friendly reminder because i forgot and not that it would have helped me all that much because the deductible is too much but you know what i mean
1: can i do one thing about gear sure Okay, so yesterday uh, I got the chance to to walk around DC with uh, with a listener from Portland. Hi, Rick. Um, and it was terrific. We had a great time. Had a great lunch. Walked around. We basically for those of you who know the DC area, we we met up at the Columbia Heights Metro Center uh, station, rather, and then zigzagged our way down through town to Dupont Circle. And it was it was terrific. But he, the point of this is he's using. Um, uh, a micro four thirds camera yep. with uh, some Pentax legacy glass, and the adapter built that he has for this thing has two really killer features. First, okay, basic adapter adapts micro four thirds to Pentax, no mm-hmm. big deal there. But in in the base, that okay, old that old Pentax up, manual lenses, yes, Pentax okay. manual lenses. Yep. In the in the back end of this adapter is a is a ring. And it comes with three ND filters, and the housing is magnetic. So you just pop these ND filters in, and regardless of the lens that you're using, you don't have to have different sized ND filters for the different filter size uh, of the lens. It just pops into the back of the adapter. So feature number one that's cool. The other feature is that there's a focusing ring on this adapter that moves the lens closer to and further away from the sensor plane so you get this this sort of mini macro effect that you can use with any lens oh it, which it is turns really into like a tube. really cool yeah, 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 yeah it yeah, becomes yeah. a
0: variable extension tube and it's totally cool now that is pretty cool so it's, what uh what body is he using this on uh,
1: he's using a GX85, it's
0: the Panasonic, which is
1: the same as a uh, uh, listener friend of the show, um, David Raboyne, in uh, also in Portland. Um,
0: Apparently, that's all they so, sell at the Portland camera shop. That's it's only Micro Four Thirds,
1: <laughs> only that uh, body. But man, really, really cool little adapter.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the, the, so, some of those are really cool, and then there's the speed booster ones that actually condense the light. So if it has a full circle of, say, a 35 millimeter frame, but you only need to cover Micro Four Thirds, it can condense that light so you actually end up getting more light through the lens than you would if it was just like sort of a adapter adapter. Does that make sense? Right, 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 right. Um, which is also kind of cool. I've you know I've never gotten big into the adapter thing, and I was thinking about it this morning because I have a. Th- 35 prime for my pentax which is the equivalent of like a 28 millimeter but i was thinking of trying to some even wider stuff but the next widest lens you can get for my camera the only wider lens is this 25 millimeter lens that they made for a few years that still used cost 3 800 bucks because oh, um, wow. they didn't make that many of them and they were expensive to begin with and they still go for a lot of money and i was thinking i wonder if i could get some really not cheap, but far more expensive, say Pentax six, seven lens with an mm-hmm. adapter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, you know, it it got me thinking about adapters and all that kind of stuff. And, and some people swear by that stuff. And then some people say it's wonky. I don't know. I don't know where to come out. I guess the more modern ones are way better than the old ones.
1: Yeah. I um, use, uh, I use a Nikkor 50 mil with an adapter on my, on my X pro and I love it.
0: Right. I love it, but, do, but I, w- I wish you have that that i could manual have aperture and manual focus right so manual the, aperture
1: yeah. manual focusing yeah i the the x pro one has focus peaking i wish it had colored focus peaking it only the only color it uses is white um and that's sometimes hard to see when you're when you're you know f- trying to focus on a highlight or something it kind of gets lost but um uh yeah, really cool I put a, a link in skype for you if you want to check this thing out right, It's one hundred and fourteen uh... bucks, but uh comes with the uh ND4, oh, that's ND8. sort of the photodiax
0: yeah. They make they make the good ones. Yeah. Pentax K mount. Yeah. So what is it? Really nice. This guy shoots mostly sort of street photography kind of stuff. Yep. 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 Okay. See, that's the thing. You can you can do that for manual focus. You can you can you know play those kinds of. Um. What are you saying? You can't manually focus a portrait.
1: Is that is no? That what you're saying I to
0: me? Uh, actually, I I would have a hard time wide open manually focusing and actually have it be sharp at 50 megapixels i the viewfinder is not that accurate you know what i mean it's like Hmm. it's like i can't i can't distinguish between eyebrows and eyeball being in focus from 10 feet away through my viewfinder you Hmm. know what i mean like it's just there's no there's no magnification using if i did if i did like uh, uh what's it called view like live view sure yeah but like all right hold still gonna go into that mode or I'm gonna focus I'm gonna go hold right. still you know it's like that's not the way I shoot right um so it, it can't be done but I don't I don't generally do it there's actually live peeking too in that but even there you know trying to get the eyelashes versus the eyeball in focus um yeah. is, is it was it was neat I was watching him
1: shoot and this this little camera's got you know zebra stripes and and multicolored focus peaking and it was it was cool didn't didn't seem to to be an issue it was nice
0: yeah it's going to be interesting uh soon if um uh i think the next generation of evfs might be sort of the thing where you go okay yep it's good now you know because it's getting close the ones that are really good right now are like yeah that's really looks really good you know, each generation they're doubling the amount of pixels and the refresh rate and the and the and the zigzags and all that kind of stuff. They yeah, sure. Um, they've gotten a lot better at all that kind of stuff. Uh, still feels like a little screen to me, but hey, you know, got to move with the times, Jeffrey. That That's is what I heard. That is
1: what you do. You you go you go where the where the love takes you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right, let me take a sip of my drink here. Mm. I'm drinking Gatorade today which I'm not a, usually a big big user of. But I felt like some hydration was required. Um, look, if you use your social media account to get a whole bunch of new clients and you need to send them invoices, you know what you use, Jeffrey?
1: Uh, pencil and paper. No, that's Fax not a Fax machine. Uh, Fax machine. Quills. Quil- Quil- <laughs> Quill it. Uh, but where am I going
0: to find a goose? <laughs> Fielding! <laughs> <laughs> hey, you said it this time. <laughs> <laughs> you should use our friends at FreshBooks. The they make a ridiculously easy cloud accounting software for freelancers and the architects behind this amazing software That lets you do all this stuff online, makes you get paid faster, it lets you track expenses, it lets you invoice. FreshBooks has drastically reduced the time it takes for over 10 million people to deal with their business paperwork. And if that's not enough, it's been completely rebuilt from the ground up. They've (laughs) taken the, what?
1: If that's not enough, if you act now, we'll also include... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry. It's really, really funny. They've
0: taken simplicity and speed to an entirely new level and added powerful new features. Uh, so, you know, you want to send clean, professional-looking invoices in about 30 seconds? Use FreshBooks. If you want to, with literally two clicks, set it yourself up to receive payments online, FreshBooks. Uh, you can take pictures of your receipts on your phone using the FreshBooks mobile app, make claiming your expenses a million times easier. Uh, I, yesterday, was filling out expense reports, and it was a pain in the neck. Um I should Which have used begs FreshBooks the question. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a larger question. It wasn't It wasn't my system that I was using. Uh, FreshBooks has been completely redesigned from the ground up, as I said, and custom built for the way you work. So get ready for the simplest way to be more productive, organized, and most importantly, get paid quickly. They got a new projects feature that lets you share files and messages with your clients, contractors, and employees. See how everything happens really quickly when all your conversations live in one place. Uh, you'll get notifications uh, which which are kind of like a personal assistant. You'll always know what's changing your business since you last logged on. What needs to be dealt with pronto, like whether or not uh, they had to send an automated late payment reminder to that client who forgot to pay you last month. It does that all automatically. Uh, they got multi currency invoicing, so if you're invoicing somebody from Italy or Spain or Tennessee, you can uh, use multi currency invoicing. So you you're, you're Wait, invoicing they use them different currency in Tennessee. Shh. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> but uh <laughs> when did that happen? <laughs> it spares everyone the hassle of currency conversions, which let me tell you sometimes actually is a hassle uh, and if you have any questions whatsoever, freshbooks award winning customer service is amazingly helpful, super friendly, and they've got zero attitude. plus a real live person usually answers in three rings or less. If you're listening to this and not using Freshbooks yet, now would be the time to try. Freshbooks is offering an unrestricted 30 day free trial for, our, for all of our listeners. no credit card is required. All you have to do is go to FreshBooks dot slash on taking pictures, enter on taking pictures in the How Did you Hear From Us section, and uh they'll know that you came from us and uh that would be good for everybody. So go take a look. Uh freshbooks.com slash on taking pictures, enter on taking pictures in the how did you hear from us section, and we thank FreshBooks very much for their support of the show.
2: <sighs>
0: what? Huh? You're sitting there very quiet all of a sudden.
1: Oh, I was I was I was trying to let you finish.
0: Mm i was going all
1: Kanye on you I'm I'm gonna let you finish
0: finish. (laughs) That's right God that guy's the worst (laughs) He really actually might be the worst You know what he's a genius just ask him he'll tell you Oh for God's sakes I'm I'm not surprised him and Trump are getting along lately Ugh Just wrong Anyway uh, We got some questions uh, Via Ask OTP Uh, One More simple and one very complex Which one would you like to take first uh
1: I don't know. Flip a coin. Which do you want me to read one and you read the other? Do you, want, you want one. to read them I have both? A
0: coin in my hand. You going to call it in the air? Yeah, ready? Go ahead. Tails. Tails. All right. Uh we'll go for the second one first. First one, second. All right. All right. Uh, Mark writes in and said, "Uh, I recently enjoyed the talk about portfolio mailers and a photo editor. Uh, I think especially his website is very valuable. The few posts on Instagram he did in which he gave more profound feedback as well. I have a quick question about mailers. Here in the Netherlands, summer is approaching. Uh, for me, this is a slower period in photography and photojournalism, which leaves a lot of space for other things such as marketing. The point is, is the summer holiday season perhaps a better moment to send out mailers because people might actually have time to look at them, or do you reckon it would backfire as many editors are actually on vacation themselves? Uh, I have an opinion on this. Do you have an opinion? I don't have any, any
1: opinion. opinion. I, I, I I don't have any, I mean, I, I guess, suppose I could have an opinion, but I don't have any real info to base it on. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm probably not the right person to ask for that because I, okay. I don't send out a lot of mail.
0: I can speak to this from the point of view of someone who lives and works in New York City and deals with New York City advertising and, and magazines and stuff and saying that in the summertime you can't get anybody to do anything for you during the summer in New York City. Um, people are all out at the Hamptons or they're having summer Fridays or they're out and about i i've done work in the summer i can't remember the last time i got work in the summer you know beyond like here go take pictures of the guy next week um it's just it's like almost like everything just goes on it's it's there nothing goes on at, at holiday time and nothing goes on in the summer so the really the only two times you get work are january to may and you know september to november you know um so I would think that it probably would backfire, although, you know what? You never know. Maybe you're the one that they do get during the summer and that it actually looks good. I can only speak to how it is in New York, um, but at least here, I wouldn't put all my money into a mailer that goes out in the summertime. A lot of people are hmm. on vacation. Um, but then again, maybe they're sitting there and they're planning for next year's whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, which is which and and yours comes in just at the time that they're sitting on the beach or you know sitting on their back porch thinking about who they're going to hire for that thing. Oh, look, I got this thing from Mark. Well, this guy's pretty good. We should give him a call. Like then again, all of this stuff is so random with who gets it, when they get it, whether they like the the top picture, whether they even saw it because it was at the bottom of a stack of mail that their assistant opened and whatever. Uh, there's absolutely no way to measure any of it, so it's all just opinion and hearsay. I think, um, yeah. Anyway, that's my that's my two cents on that.
1: Yeah, I, I like I said, I wish I had something, you know, concrete to offer, but I, you know, I don't send out mailers. And I, I will say that that there seems to be, if you you know, referencing a photo editor, uh, there seems to be a pretty steady stream throughout the year of things that he's sharing. Yeah, I don't know if that. Yeah if that has any bearing on it, yeah. but it, it it doesn't seem that he goes for a few months and goes, well, I don't have anything. So, right, right. you know, I'll see. I you think he's January. getting
0: them all year round, but maybe there are certain times a year where he gets five a day versus two a day. You know what I mean? Where yeah, he, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sure. I wouldn't be surprised at least. Um, yeah, sure. It's a mess. Uh, you want to read Matthew's question? Not really,
1: but I will. Okay. Because it's, it's hard. I mean, yeah. this is, my heart goes out to you, Matthew. I'm, I'm sorry about this for you. Uh, recently, my son was diagnosed with a disorder that is likely to eventually result in the loss of his eyesight before he reaches adulthood. For me, my kids are a big part of why I take pictures. They are both the subject and the primary intended audience for a large majority of my images. So I'm left wrestling with some very large questions about what exactly photography means to me and why I would continue to do it, at least with the same level of passion and dedication going forward. Have either of you ever had to deal with anything similar in photography or any other creative pursuit where your fundamentally core reasons for even doing it in the first place were shaken or challenged? And if so, how did you deal or cope with that? Um, I, I have one thing. Okay. Can I can I do one thing? Sure. Um, my mom hated having her photograph taken as an adult.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Couldn't stand it. And I I don't know why. She was lovely. She was funny. She she had a terrific personality. But she really did not like it. Um, and as a result, I. Don't have any photographs of my mother and I together. actually, I take that back. I have one photograph of my mother and I together as as adults um, and she was not happy that it was taken <laughs> but <laughs> it, it it was taken um, it was at uh my grandfather's oh gosh eighty fifth birthday party or something um, and you know when when she died. That fact was made even clearer that I didn't have any photographs of her as an adult or or, or her and I as adults. Um, I don't know that it changed the reason that I did it, but I know it affected me for a long time after that I was sad that I that I didn't have those pictures. So, Matthew, if I could say anything, it would be to not stop taking pictures of, of your sons, of your family. Um, because regardless of whether, whether your son is able to see them, um, I think there's value for him to be present in them, in, in the picture making process, even if he, um, even if he can't see them when he's an adult man, that's, that's,
0: yeah, I'm really sorry, Matthew you know um i I obviously don't have quite as an acute as as a thing, but you know I have a legally blind niece who who has very little eyesight and um mm-hmm. and to think that you know what- what her uncle Billy, who she loves, basically does with his life, she can't really ever enjoy at the level that i you know what I mean can show it to yeah, her. yeah sure, sure um. And the, and the, and there's certainly an element of that. It, it doesn't it doesn't stop me from doing it, um, but I do tend to think about it. Um, I also in in similar to Jeffrey's thing, I have I have there are dozens of pictures of my father um, that I have, usually in social situations where he's in a good mood and he's got a Miller light in his hand and you know what I mean, like kind of playing that that role, right. Um, and it was, I think, April. He he died in September of '05, so it was April of '05. Um, I sat him down and took some pictures of my father. And um, and and w- this was God. I I had a, I don't know what I had, like a 20D or something like that. You know what I mean? Like I I had some right. camera. I wasn't doing this professionally. I was not doing at this level that I'm doing it now. I think I owned. I may have bought an alien B with a umbrella. You know what I mean? It was like that kind of level that I was at, whatever that is. Right. 15 years ago. And, um, I set up a sheet, a blue sheet and my father was wearing a yellow shirt and he knew he was sick and he knew he was like sort of dying and we were going to sit down and like take some pictures of him before he wasted away too much. And I took, I don't know, let's say 20 pictures of my father And 19 of them are exactly what he wanted to give me, which is like, Oh, Hey, look at me tilted smile. Like he could, he could take a picture. Right. Right. And they're not technically great photographs or anything like that, but they are what we were going for when we sat down to do them. The only picture in that set that I actually like is the test shot that I took, um, when I was just trying to get the light set up, which is out of focus. Hmm. Um, and, uh, is him sort of not dumbfounded, but just sort of blankly staring with his shoulders down, looking at the camera and there there's, that is the most correct of the photographs that I took of my, that's the, that is my father that year. You know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah and, yeah, yeah, and, and it's sort of, and, and I look back on it and even though it's out of focus snapshot, uh, just test of the thing, I look at that and I go, yeah, that's, that was what we were going for that day. Right. That's, that's it right there. Um, and it's a sad picture of my father and like, I bet you if, if he was here, he'd rather that n- not exist. Right. Cause it makes <laughs> right, him look right. bad. Right. Um, but, but, to me, that's a very important picture, you know so so I don't know i I don't know where I'm going with this, but to say, I don't think I think taking um taking pictures for the sake of taking pictures regardless of who can see them or is going to see them or going to appreciate them, you never know right, yep. um, and yeah. sometimes it's the process of taking the picture which is in itself the experience that you're going to remember, not the picture itself. So right. even though you're taking pictures of your kids say that, you know, your son might not be able to see that doesn't mean you, you lost the time that it took for you guys to say, no, 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 we're going to go over here and take some pictures, you know? Right. Right. Um,
1: and that, that's the, that's, that's the thing, right? Is, and I think is, that's the you important You still get part. the experience of making the pictures.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there is a huge amount of, um, Power in that. Uh, I don't know. Do we do? Are we hitting this at all? I don't know.
1: Um, I hope so. And, and Matthew, if you if you've got some follow up, or if anybody listening has some follow up on it, let us know. Podcast pictures dot com uh, or you know on the social media.
0: Whatever. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to find that. I think I'm pretty sure at one point I did put the picture of my father up somewhere. I was trying to find it. If I put it in the show notes. I'll see if I can find it after. Um, got anything else to add to that? Mm-mm. No, yeah. Um, God, I need a We need another break. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, photographer of the week, you uh, you pulled this one.
1: Photographer of the week, uh, yeah, and this this came. Um, I remember seeing some of this work. Uh, and I don't even remember when I saw it. Could have been more than a year ago, but there was there's a book that this particular photographer has created uh, called "She Dances on Jackson," um, and her name is Vanessa Winship. And I remember loving the look of the work and wanting this book, but it was it was one of those books that. That uh, limited run sold out very quickly, and then was phenomenally expensive on the secondary market. Um, right. And I, I just, I, I filed it. it away in my sort of mental rolodex. Well, uh, a, 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 I don't know, a week or so ago. Well, yeah, it must have been a week or so ago. Um, it popped up that they're reprinting "She Dances on Jackson." Okay which I'm very excited about it. And, uh, I think it's Mac books, uh, and, and they were offering a pre-order and I went, holy moly, this is a good idea, uh, because I wanted it before and, and now, and now it's, it looks like it's going to be available anyway. So long story short, uh, Vanessa Winship is photographer of the week. Um, terrific, terrific photographer. I, I, I am remiss that we haven't used her before. I, I uh, you know, sorry about that. Um, but uh, terrific sort of documentary reportage, I guess, uh, some portraiture. Um, she really tends to focus on um, kind of outsider communities. Um, I guess you could draw a parallel. Maybe to Deanne Arbus and some of the yeah, work that she did. Yeah, I was going to
0: say it feels a little bit like that.
1: Yeah, uh, which I mean, come on, not a bad comparison, right? If that's nope. if that's who you're going to get compared to. Uh, but really terrific work, predominantly black and white. Um, in fact, maybe even all black and white from from what I can see. Um, let's see what else. Hold
0: on, let me let
1: me let me get here for a sec here
0: what about what about her work uh it attracts you it just it's just the way it feels man
1: it's it's the way it feels there was a i feel the same way looking at her as uh oh, what's the guy's name there's a scottish photographer that um fielding guy goes and I, out in the
0: fields and stuff we've talked about before yeah that guy? uh
1: yeah 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 um that we saw at a at a at the getty when we were out in LA. Okay, yeah. Um uh, uh Chris Oh man, it's on the tip of my tongue. Chris alive. Uh, uh, Chris Killip? Okay, could Is that be. is that his name?
0: Let me see. You keep you keep thinking. Yeah, Chris K- a I think Chris it's- Killip. Yeah, okay, that guy. Okay, this is a different guy than I was thinking of, but okay, yeah. This is a guy.
1: Yeah, Chris Killip, yeah. So yeah. reminds me uh, quite a bit of of some of his work. He did a lot of work with like punk rock and yeah. and and that kind of thing, but um his environmental work, some of the the communities uh that that he photographed feel very similar to uh Vanessa Winship. He he documented some of these these uh declining kind of industrial uh, mill mining towns. There are a lot of in, them. Yeah, in England in the seventies, um, and it f- Vanessa's work feels very similar to that in terms of of the communities that she's immersing herself in, and and just the quality of the work that that is is coming out of that. Um, yeah, so that that was kind of the draw for me to it. Uh, and if if you look at the show notes, there's you'll find her site. Uh, there's a, an article on the Guardian. Uh called Vanessa Winship the Great Unsung Chronicler of the World's Outsiders. Uh and it it, it Those begins Little Girls, from, that
0: looks like it's from nineteen ten. Doesn't it? Like like mill
1: workers from yeah. from Chicago or something? Yeah. yeah. Uh from Mississippi to the Black Sea, Winship's poetic, masterful photographs show how hard it is for people to belong. So why don't British galleries acknowledge her as this large uh madrid retrospective does she deserves it anyway so it's an article about uh, about some of her work um, and uh, gives you a little background on on what and why and how Uh, for example in she dances on jackson the book we just mentioned she followed the paths of masters such as robert frank and william eggleston capturing an uncertain America that here and there has the sense of interior dislocation. She encountered in the Baltics and the black sea here, though people seem exiled in their own country by lack of prospects, the politics of parochialism and a deep suspicion of the other. Mm. So interesting work. And again, I think if you, if you look at some of the things that have been kind of resonating with me lately, this is, this is not a real surprising pick um, like why I would like this, but uh, I thought you might you might find it interesting.
0: No, it's very cool. Uh, very different than last week's too. Mm-hmm. We're we're mixing it up here,
1: mixing it up. Yeah, and then uh, there there is um uh on a on a site called Photofilmic, there's a, a talk with her. It's not video. It's a, a written talk but uh you you get to read some of her answers in her own words and it's some nice insight into into kind of who she is as a photographer right right so vanessa winship
0: i will go check it out um oh before we wrap up today uh I have a little side project called pals with Bill Wadman, where I'm going to interview friends of mine occasionally. Right. Um, so if you would like to listen to the first episode, which is with my friend, uh, Cisco Graciano, former dancer from Paul Taylor, uh, current amazing dance photographer and soon to be again, student down in Florida. Um, you should go check it out. You can find it wherever podcasts are sold. Um, Pals with Bill Wadman. So anyway, go check it out. I don't know how often I'm going to put them up there, but I don't know, once a month or something when I sit down with somebody. uh, Just a nice little conversation with a friend uh, about why they do what they do, how they got there, that kind of thing. Um, What else was I going to say? I was going to tell you one other thing, but I can't remember what it is. So if you'd like to get a hold of us, (laughs) 347-687-9411, we'll leave us a voicemail uh, or you can send us an email podcast at ontankypictures.com. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter until we get flip phones and quit those things. At Bill Wadman, right. at Jeffrey
1: Sidoris. I still have a flip phone somewhere. I have a I have a flip phone somewhere that I I've thought about popping the SIM card out of my out of Your my nano SIM. I think, in you, there.
0: think you'd have to get a bigger SIM. You're gonna need oh, a bigger yeah, prob- SIM. Yeah, you're gonna need a bigger SIM.
1: <laughs> 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 there it is. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. Get a hold of us. Let us let us know what you're up to. What are you oh, hey, thinking about?
0: Can, can, wait, can I add one last thing at the end here? Uh, uh, I guess I'm I'm considering buying another camera, and I want to know what you think. Uh, <laughs> Is this a joke? <laughs> no, no, no. Seriously, I I, I, oh, okay. I want to buy. Right.
1: Are you you're just are you just taking the piss out of me for not buying a camera yet?
0: No, 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 all no, no, no. I' right. dead serious. Um, okay, uh, I've I've been considering buying a Ricoh GR two.
1: Uh, I've heard fanatical things about them. People love those cameras. Uh, right. famously used by Dido Mariama, Who, I mean, what do you think you're better than Dido Mariama? Spoiler: You're not. So uh, go get one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So APS-C fits in your pocket. Great yep, black and white.
0: Yep. Yeah. And I, I hear that the uh, I hear that the low light stuff isn't great. The autofocus isn't great, and they're not super fast when you hit the button. That's those are my concerns. Uh, um, well, they're not supposed to be.
1: It's not why people buy those cameras. It's not a sports camera. It's not no, no, a... No, no,
0: no, 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. But that, like, that, that the autofocus just like hunts when it's low light, that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm. Where, you know, if you're using it at night on street and that kind of stuff. Um, well, you
1: could also wait for the GR3 that's going to be announced at Photokina.
0: Oh, is there going to be a new one? Apparently. Uh, okay, maybe I'll wait. It was either that or the, or the, like a Fuji X100 or the X70, you know, the little 28 millimeter equivalent one that they made a couple years ago. Um, may I ask why you would like one of these? Uh, I just want something that I can put in my pocket and carry around with me if I want to. Mm -hmm. Um, just carrying around a big camera is big and heavy and whatever. And when I travel and I'm walking around the city, sometimes I want a camera, but I want something a little better than my phone, you know? Um, so It's like I want something with a bigger sensor, with like a decent lens. So I'm thinking something fixed lens, wide angle. So it kind of comes down to that Fuji or that uh, Ricoh. Or, I mean, there's like the Sony RX1, but that one's way too expensive and too big. It's not really pocketable.
1: Well, the the interesting thing at that fixed lens... Category is yeah. is you've got a fanatical following of both of the cameras that you mentioned. The X one hundred series yep. has a huge, really dedicated following, and the GR series has a yep. huge, really dedicated following.
0: And I've owned I've owned an X one hundred. I found it I found them good. Apparently, the newest one, the is that the F is the new one, uh, is excellent. I just don't know if I need want to spend fourteen hundred dollars. You know, I'll spend five or six hundred bucks, which is what the GR right. costs. But 14's a little, little rough for me, just as like a second pocket camera. Um so anyway, if anybody has any thoughts on the matter, I'd love to hear it. Uh Bill dot Billwadman.com or what do those X seventies run? What do they run? Uh you know, that's a good question. Let's look it up on eBay. Um they, they're more than you would think they would be, because they are not really available anymore. Uh which makes me they go for five, six, seven hundred bucks. Here's a pre owned one with four bids with three days left that's three fifteen. But let's see, the if I if i go for sold items they go for Looks like they're about 500, 500 change. Yeah. Right. So
1: you're right in the same kind of range as the GR.
0: Yeah, right, 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 right. Although the GR, you can get the uh you can get the old GR for a lot less. You can get that one for almost nothing now, like 300 bucks. Oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. So it's sort of like, yeah. oh, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Might be worth it. Yeah. Anyway, if anybody's got any thoughts, send them in. I'd love to hear. Um and that's it. We'll, we'll
2: see you all next week.
0: Yep. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week. Right. Thank you.
1: Bye. Talk to you soon. Going
2: on and on the way we are for so long. To any fool it's plain to see something's wrong. As this way.